Welcome back to the AUD podcast, The Odd Pod, where we talk about the mashup that is clinical practice and practice management. You know, as much as we would like to separate the two, in an ideal world, we would. The fact of the matter is, we really can't. And so this podcast talks about the best ways to combine the two in a way that benefits patients and your practice. I'm Dr. Tom Goyne. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast. It helps people find us and it supports the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe there. Spotify, uh, please subscribe there. Uh, that really helps people find us and supports the podcast. It'd be very helpful. We appreciate it. Uh, last time, the most, most recent episode, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about success rate. Uh, and you know, in other words, the, your batting average, how, how often, uh, you're able to help people that are in front of you. And, um, you know, I talked about how, how rare it is that people's success rate in reality matches their perception of it. People typically think their success rate is a whole lot higher than it is. And I encourage folks to, uh, to go back and uh, do some math and see what their success rate really was. I encourage people to guess what it was first and then go back and look. And inevitably, there's differences. Um, and so with today's episode, I'd kind of like to talk about some things you can do to maybe boost your success rate a, a little bit. And again, why would you want to boost success rate? Well, you'll help more people, you'll help more people hear better, you'll help more people keep their balance, you'll help more people um, manage their tinnitus. And if you do all of those things, it's going to benefit your practice. So it's it's a win-win for everybody. And that, that's the motivation for uh, increasing success rate. We all got into this profession to help people and who wouldn't wanna help more people? And so, you know, again, we'll talk about uh, a way in which you can maybe uh, boost your success rate a little bit. And that's going to be by measuring something else. What I'd like you to measure is how much of the talking are you doing in a consultation with a patient? Now, I'm, I'm just sort of defining consultation here as a situation where, you know, you, you've collected some test results, you are going over those with the patients, and in conjunction with your patient, you are coming up with a uh, treatment plan. And so, you know, again, this most often applies to uh, the hearing aid lane, so to speak, uh, but it can also apply to cochlear implants. It can apply to vestibular. It can apply to auditory processing tinnitus. It, it can apply to any number of different areas. And so what I'd like you to do is measure how much of the talking you're doing. Now, this is a little hard, you know, you know, with success rate, you can, you can run reports and a couple of mouse clicks, you might be able to find it out, or you can do a little bit of tallying on a scratch sheet of paper. This is a little bit more difficult. Uh, it, you know, it may require you to um, think back on some of the conversations you've had recently with patients. It may require you to, uh, you know, monitor yourself maybe a little bit, although that's a little tricky because if you're monitoring yourself in real time, one, you might not be active listening to the patient the way you should. And two, uh, it'll probably alter the results. So the, the better thing to do is to think back on some of your most recent conversations with patients. And so if you are doing more than 50% of the talking, then in all likelihood, you aren't doing enough listening. 
And if you aren't doing enough listening, then how are you identifying the patient's goals and what they would like to accomplish? The reasons why they picked up the phone and came in to see you in the first place. You know, as I always sort of joke around, no one ever comes to see us because they just have time to kill. And they kind of think, you know what? I got a clear afternoon. Uh, I could play golf, but I think I'll spend some time in a soundproof booth, soundproof booth, <laughs> easy for me to say, or, or, or a spinning chair. You, you know, nobody ever does that. They're coming in for some specific reasons. There's some problems they would like to address, some problems they would like to fix. And so if we're doing all of the talking or too much of the talking, we never really get a chance to listen and find out what the patient is trying to accomplish, our patient is trying to accomplish. And so, and, and if we never find out what they're trying to accomplish, then how can we help them develop a treatment plan, right? Uh, shouldn't, shouldn't the treatment plan we come up with, whether it's hearing aids that we are going to eventually recommend, or whether it is vestibular rehab or maskers or TRT or a cochlear implants, and if so, which one, you know, how are we going to help them develop that treatment plan and, and develop a firm recommendation if we aren't listening to them and, and finding out what their goals are. So uh, you, you, shouldn't, you should not do more than half of the talking is the fact of the matter. And I think if you examine the conversations you're having with patients, in all likelihood, you will find out you're doing way more talking than they are. And that means you're not listening. Um, now, if you're like a lot of audiologists, you're probably thinking, well, wait a minute. Uh, I, I thought, I thought we were, we, I mean, how else would we do the appointment? And, and, you know, most audiologists kind of think that because that's all we've ever seen, right? We were, we were taught by professors and audiologists who that's all they did was talk all the way through an appointment. And why did they do that? Because they learned from professors and audiologists who just talked all the way through an appointment. Um, someday I need to find it. You know, there's, there, there's a research study out there. Uh, I need to put my finger on this, but, um, if memory serves me correct, there is a research study out there that shows that generally speaking, the same personality type that goes into audiology is in a similar vein as the person, personality types that go into teaching. And so, you know, you can sort of almost see where it's, it's kind of in our DNA to do some teaching. Heck, I'm doing it right now. Uh, you know, by the nature of this medium, I'm not doing a whole lot of listening. I'm doing a whole lot of talking. So it's in our DNA. But, you know, when we're with patients, we have to resist that urge to a certain extent to do a lot of the talking. And so, you know, again, you may be wondering, okay, well, uh, if, I, if, I don't do, if I don't do a lot of talking, then what, what are we going to do in these appointments? Well, let me, let me give you two, two things that have worked uh, really well for me and, and, and the staff in my offices. One, uh, stop showing patients the audiogram. Just stop. There's no need to show them the audiogram. Now, you're not hiding it. If they ask to see it, sure, share it with them, no problem. But there's really no reason to show them the audiogram. One of the reasons why patients remember very little of what we tell them, I mean, there, you know, there's several reasons, but one of them is we share too much information. We, we share too much information that is really irrelevant to, to them uh, solving their problems 
and, and reaching their communication goals. I mean, you know, it really doesn't matter if they know what the red circles mean and the blue X's mean. It really doesn't matter. Their, their outcomes aren't going to be any different, to be honest with you. So really stop showing them the audiogram. You know, when somebody goes to the cardiologist, they aren't, they aren't, they aren't showed the, you know, the EKG, you know, when somebody goes to the optometrist, the optometrist doesn't show them how they tested their eyes, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, um, all of these other medical professions do a wonderful job of communicating with patients. No, it, it's a little bit of a problem all across healthcare, but really there isn't a whole lot of reasoning to showing them the audiogram. Uh, there just isn't. And it takes up a lot of time and it fills the conversation with things that really in the end are irrelevant. Uh, you know, again, if we're looking at reasons why they picked up the phone to come in to see us, it wasn't so that they could learn the same things we learn in the first week or two of graduate school. They came in to solve some problems and understanding how to read the audiogram doesn't get them any closer to that. It just doesn't. So that would be the first thing. I would stop showing them the audiogram. And then you might say, okay, well, gosh, if we don't do that, then really what are we doing in the appointment, right? How, how are we going to fill that 60 or 90 minutes? Well, what you can, you know, subtract showing them the audiogram and replace it with asking them questions. And, you know, of course you're asking them questions about case history, you know, uh, you know, do they experience vertigo? Do they have tinnitus? You know, do they have fullness? All, all of those classic questions. Yes, certainly you have to ask all of that. But there's other questions to ask them. And it's, it's really getting to the heart of what they are trying to accomplish uh, by being there that day. And that's what's going to help you recommend, uh, recommend a, a, a course of action and treatment plan. And so ask them questions. And, you know, uh, there, there's a great scene in uh, a TV show that some of you may watch, Ted Lasso, uh, which sadly has come to an end, it seems. But um, the TV show, the character, spoiler alert, character survives. Uh, <laughs> but, but at any rate, the, the TV show has come to an end. And um, there's a scene in, I, I think it's the second season, uh, maybe towards the end of the second season. There's a great scene where um, the eponymous Ted Lasso uh, quotes Walt Whitman uh, saying, uh, be curious, not judgmental. He's, he's sort of encouraging somebody he's having a little bit of a, um, you might say confrontation with, to be less closed-minded, uh, to be more curious, less judgmental. Now you can go, by the way, you can go down a little bit of a, a rabbit hole on the internet and you'll see that Ted wasn't exactly right. Walt Whitman probably didn't uh, coin that phrase. But at any rate, he quotes Walt Whitman, be curious, not judgmental. And so I think we can really take that, that quote and honestly, we can apply it to audiology. Now, to be clear, I'm not comparing audiologists to Rupert Mannion. Uh, you know, no way. We're, we're a whole lot better than that guy. But um, but I think sometimes we fall into the trap of assuming we know why the patient picked up the phone to come in. You know, we kind of look at the audiogram and we go, well, yeah, that guy must have trouble hearing his wife and uh, the TV and restaurants. So, yeah. But, you know, it, 
that's not always the case, right? You know, we've all been surprised. I had one patient one time tell me that they really didn't care about understanding speech better. They just cared about hearing birds. That was really it. They wanted to hear birds better. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, then that influences how we're going to go about things, right? Or, um, you know, even patients who say they want to hear better in restaurants, well, ask, are you going at five o'clock or are you going at eight o'clock? And, you know, of course, that makes a little bit of a difference, right? So ask questions in a curious tone. Find out what brought them in. Again, they're busy. They've got things to do. They're not coming in just to kill time. They're coming in to accomplish some things. They have some goals. They have some problems that they would like to uh, fix or have addressed. And so it's our goal to find out what they are. And the hearing test tells us some of it, but it doesn't tell us all of it or, or, or the vestibular test or the cochlear implant evaluation or the tinnitus matching. It tells us some of it, but it doesn't tell us all of it. So you've, you've got to ask a lot of questions. Uh, there's other questions you can ask as well. We'll, we'll save that for another episode. We're running maybe a little bit longer than I'd thought we would here. So uh, we'll take a break for now. But uh, so to recap last episode, what was your success rate? This episode, how much talking are you doing? And if you're doing more than half, try replacing it with some questions and some listening. So that's it for now. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to take a break. Be right back. Tom Goyne here again. Thanks for sticking around. Did you know that there's a way to take many of the concepts and tools we talk about here on the Odd Pod and get help in applying them specifically to your practice? In addition to my clinical work and my academic work, I also mentor audiologists in uh, their careers and practice management. If you'd like to have a conversation about how we can work together to grow your career, grow your practice, to help more people. You can find me on social media, send me a direct message. LinkedIn is a great place. Um, or you can visit the contact page uh, for uh, this podcast, audpodcast.com and find our contact page and send me a message there. Or you can go to my um, professional website uh, for my mentoring and, and consulting work, drtomgoin.com and uh, find that contact uh, page and, and send me a message there. I'd love to hear from you. Love to have a conversation and see how maybe we can work together, help you help more people, help you grow your practice. Everybody wins. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully we'll see you soon.